0: You're listening to So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast about the world of writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm your co-host and CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre, where you'll find writing courses and an incredibly supportive writing community. I usually co-host this podcast every week, without fail, almost without fail, with my partner in crime, Alison Tate. Her latest book, under A.L. Tate, is The Firestar, A Maven and Reeve Mystery. I'm flying solo in this in-between episode to bring this story session to you. Just you, me, and our guest author of the week, who I'm really excited about. Alison and I will be back to our regular programming in the next episode. So these story sessions, if you've just joined us, is where you'll hear the first chapter of a book that we recommend, and it's usually read by the author themselves, so you'll get to hear exactly how they intended. Listening to the first chapter like this lets you sample something new while you're commuting or walking the dog, or picking up the kids, or doing the laundry. We're making it easy for you to discover authors by bringing the bookshop straight to your ears. This week, I've chosen The Inside Man by James Phelps. You'll know James Phelps better as a journalist and a true crime writer. We've had him on the podcast before. But this is his first fiction novel, and i When I was interviewing James over the last few years, I always knew that he was going to be heading in this direction. So I'm so excited that this has happened. As you can expect from Australia's number one true crime writer, it is an absolute cracker. So to give you an idea of what it's about, here is the blurb. Riley Jacks, convicted murderer. Once a promising engineer in the army, he lost everything in a single night when he killed a man an act he cannot remember. It's a devastating gap in an otherwise perfect memory. Now he's facing a new life, one behind bars where he has to learn a whole different set of rules and only the toughest survive. And as a series of deadly bombings rocks the outside world, the only man who might be able to find the truth behind the conspiracy is on the inside. So before James reads from his novel, he has answered some questions about his writing process and what inspired the novel. I have to say, the way this novel was commissioned is pretty unique. Here's James Phelps reading from his crime thriller, The Inside Man.
1: Hi, I'm James Phelps and I'm the author of Inside Man. Valerie asked me to record the answers to some questions before I narrate the first chapter of my book, so here goes. And keep in mind, I'm usually the one asking questions as a journalist, not sure if I'm real good at answering them. What inspired you to write this story? Well, it wasn't one thing, it was many things. But first and foremost, I'd have to say it's my love of fiction. I may have written 10 or so non-fiction titles over the last 10 years, but I've always wanted to be a fiction writer. I used to dream about it when I was a kid. I didn't want to be a footy player, I wanted to be Stephen King. And then life happened. I actually turned to football and wanted to become a football player. Then there were girls, work, and later kids. I settled for becoming a journalist instead of an author. I needed to pay the bills, and that sounded pretty good. And it was. The only thing I love more than fiction is writing, and I got to do that every day. It also got me the opportunity to write nonfiction, which I did and have. And writing all that nonfiction was good, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to write fiction. But it helped. It helped. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those nonfiction. Turns out I'm full circle and back to my first dream, thanks to that job as a journalist. How did you come up with the idea for Inside Man? Jeez, these are getting tough. Um, It was more a case of how did we come up with the idea. It wasn't me on my own. HarperCollins contracted me to do this book, and they were crazy enough to offer me a deal without even receiving a pitch. They did have three provisions, though. The first was that the story had to be an action thriller. The second was that it had to be set in a prison. And the third was that I had to create a character that could sustain a series. So they might sound a bit weird, but given my background in history, it made sense. I've written four prison books, so I've got a pretty good knowledge of them. And a lot of my books, I guess, read like action thrillers. And even though I'm a horror horror writer naturally or a horror fan... Um, I think I was perfectly suited to write this style of book. But what? How would I go from there? Anyway, I grabbed a six-pack of beer and some matches and headed out into the backyard. I sat there after starting a fire and spent about eight hours tapping away. I ended up passing out at 5 a.m., but I had the skeleton of what would be inside man. Can you describe the writing process? Can I just say beer? Beer? Probably not. Um, No, I tap letters on my keyboard and make words. Words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and paragraphs become chapters. I'm not trying to be a smartass here, but that's how it happens. Everyone thinks there's some sort of big secret to writing, some sort of magic that we don't want you to know. But really, there are no tricks. Writing comes from writing. You just have to sit down and do it. I'm not saying that the writing is always good. Mostly it's not but there's always something you can use, something you can save. And this is also where all the ideas come from. This is where the characters are born, where the plots come from, twists, the lot. They spring off the page, one idea leading to another. What was the most challenging aspect of writing this book? Everything, literally everything. I thought I'd be in for an easy ride given that I'd written 10 non-fiction books, but boy, was I wrong. The biggest challenge of all was probably point of view. Opting for a third-person plot, I had a habit of getting all omniscient without even knowing it. I had to constantly remind myself that I was no longer an all-seeing non-fiction god. I reckon I was 40,000 words in when I stumbled on an article that said most first-time authors opt for the first-person option. I didn't know why, but I started realising it when I saw all the head-hopping that was in in my book and also how many different characters I'd gone into. So it was getting quite confusing, and I had to give myself a real lesson on point of view to clear it all up. But at the end, I'm pretty glad I did go for that POV because it was perfectly suited to an action thriller. Without it, I would have been limited to the main character, and it wouldn't have let me create the suspense and really get that complicated plot that you'll find. And when I say complicated, don't be scared. I meant good. What was the most rewarding aspect of writing this book? Can I say money? No. It was the sense of achievement. It was knowing that I could do it, that I had done it. Finally, while I'm no Stephen King, I can say I fulfilled my childhood dream of becoming a fiction writer, a real one and all, published. What are your three tips for aspiring writers? Finally, a question I like. Here we go. No, the first and important thing is to read, and I mean read, anything and everything, whatever you can get your hands on and all the time. Firstly, to increase your vocabulary. Jeez, I need one, I think, with my speech. I have a speech impediment. But no, words are our only weapon, seriously. The more you have, the easier it is to fight and write. Secondly, don't just read, but study. Study what you're reading. Examine the writing. Think about POV, scene setting, sentence construction, and language. I often study bad writing as much as good writing. Unfortunately, most of that bad writing is my own. Next, write. Yep, write, write and write. Just like I said before, the only way to learn how to write is to write, and just do it. Don't worry about what to write or how to write, just sit down and type. It's the only way to become a better writer, seriously. I like to set myself little exercises, like turning famous songs into short stories. I recently turned the Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby, into a heartbreaker about a forbidden love. Yep, her and Father Mackenzie. I always suspected they were getting it on. My third and final tip is to buy a tent. Yep, a tent. No, that's where I do all my writing. I can't tell you how often people ask me, where do you find the time? And I tell them a tent. I have to go away. I have to get away from all the distractions that I've got at home. And that's what I do. Um, So there it is. They're the the questions that Valerie's given me. Didn't really like them, to be honest, Valerie, but um, no, no, they are fine. I just don't like answering questions. So anyway, it's time to narrate my book. Really hope that you enjoy this first chapter. It's called The Inside Man. The Inside Man by James Phelps, prologue. Oldsworthy Army Base, Sydney, New South Wales. Riley Jacks woke up with a gun in his hand and a body on his floor. He turned off the alarm on his wristwatch. 6am, a Monday. There was a sharp, unfamiliar metallic taste in his mouth. His head was fuzzy and it was coated in a sheen of cold sweat. He eased himself up out of his military cot bed and forced himself to study the body on the floor. It was a clean kill. The dead man had taken one bullet to the brain and another to the heart at close range. He was dressed like a civilian, but could have been ex military from his build, his buzz cut, his neatly pressed clothing, and his shiny boots. Jax had never laid eyes on him before. He knew that for sure, because he never forgot a face. Never. Jax tried to recall the events of the prior night, but the thread was broken. He'd lost almost ten hours. He couldn't remember anything after eight fourteen PM. Nothing, not a thing. Everything black. He remembered leaving the mess hall after dinner at 7.04pm. It had been a balmy evening, the temperature still high after the heat of the day. A couple of the guys had been sitting around outside. He'd stopped and chatted with them for a few minutes. Not because he wanted to, but because it was expected. After that, he'd walked into his army issue apartment, little more than an oversized bedroom with a small adjoining bathroom containing just a toilet and a basin, grabbed a towel, his toiletry bag and his songs before walking back out. The floodlights had been on, but not needed yet. The base, a haphazard assortment of buildings bedded on concrete and bordered by barbed wire and bush, had been quiet. It always was on a Sunday night, the last night of freedom before the week's first crack of dawn. Roll call. Most of the soldiers would have been at the pub. They wouldn't start stumbling in until 10pm. Some wouldn't be back by then. They would have just enough time to change out of their perfume, soaked civvies and make muster. Jackson only walked past two men on his way to the shower block. He'd nodded at them before entering and showering on his own. Towel tied around his waist, thongs squeaking as they worked wet feet, he saw nobody after his shit shower and shave. His memory became clouded after that, though he did remember returning to his room. He recalled poorly on boxer shorts, a singlet, checking his phone to find out if Nikki had called, and seeing she hadn't, he grabbed a book. A Theory of Human Motivation by Abraham Maslow. He collapsed into his cot for an early night. And that's where his memory stopped, at 8.14pm. Since then, nothing. Not a thing. Everything black. Instead of Maslow, he was now gripping a Glock. His Glock. Two rounds short of being fully loaded, he had no memory of firing his gun. He had no memory of loading it. He had no memory of even signing it out. The book he had gone to bed with was back on his shelf. He noted that it was sitting next to another title by the same author the fuzziness he'd felt on waking had been replaced by a hangover like headache the metallic taste in his mouth remained more bile than blood he noted as he turned his attention back to the body to the dead man on his floor clean shaven with a square jaw chiseled as if from rock the deceased male was partially propped up against the wall opposite where jack slept the hole in the plasterboard above the body was the size and shape of his head eyes open and pupils enlarged, the dead man sat in a pool of blood. His fingers were splayed and stiff. Rigor mortis, dead for at least four hours. Jack scanned his room. One entrance, one exit. He then looked at the body. He considered the victim's path. He considered the killer's path. He stood and shuffled left, stopping when he reached the adjacent wall. He hugged the plastic board as he tiptoed along the carpet. Keeping to the base of the wall to avoid contaminating the scene, he was soon close enough to touch the body. He extended his arm and placed the back of his index finger on the victim's neck. The man was cold, but still warmer than the room. Dead for at least four hours, but no more than eight. He looked at the man's eyes. He did not have a flashlight, but knew the oversized pupils would not react if he did. It was however bright enough for him to note that the whites were slightly bloodshot and yellow in the corner. The Coruvian sign. He'd only read about it once, but that was enough for him to remember it. He would need a thermometer and access to the man's anus to establish the exact time of death, but the rigor mortis, his touch test, and the opacity of the eyes told him the man had expired sometimes between 10pm and 4am. He retraced his steps and returned to bed. Jax turned his attention to the blood spatter. Gun still in hand, standing beside his bed, he studied his walls and then his ceiling. He did the maths, taking into account the man's size, what he knew about speed and impact, which was more than most and the specks of the only weapon in the room. It all added up. The size of the hole in the wall, the blood spotter, the position of the body and the time of death all indicated the man had been killed right here, in this room. The numbers did not lie. While blood could be flicked and bodies could be repositioned, fingers could not be fudged. The dead man had been standing in the centre of Jax's room when the first round had been fired into his skull. The blood splutter on the ceiling and the entry rooms on the corpse indicated the round had been struck with the force the impact of the kill shot snapping the man's head back and to the left that's how he'd been falling when the second round had hit him in the heart thumping to the left side of his chest the force of that shot changed the body's path sending it slightly to the right the wall broke his fall and left him propped up sitting the blood splatter on the wall above the victim's head had come from the exit wound caused by that second bullet detectives would find one bullet lodged in the wall behind the body and the other in the back of the corpse's brain. Jax looked back at his gun, his glock, at the murder weapon. He suddenly felt cold, numb. His mind went quiet. He began to sway as he looked at the ground. His boots snapped him out of the trance. They were shined to perfection and tied tight, but he could not remember putting them on. Book in hand, he flicked off his thongs and swung his bare feet onto the bed. Jack slapped himself in the face. It didn't help. He still couldn't remember putting his boots on, nor could he remember killing a man. And that was impossible, for Riley Jacks remembered everything. He'd never forgotten a thing in his life, until now.
0: Wow, I have no doubt that Riley Jacks is going to be a series favourite for sure. I can already picture the film version. I love James's writing process. Words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and paragraphs become chapters. So true. It was also interesting to hear how he found writing fiction a challenging process, even though he has written so many books, so many. Thanks to James for his frank and insightful introduction and for answering many questions, even though he didn't like them. The Inside Man by James Phelps is out now with HarperCollins. Now, if you'd like to give writing fiction a go, there's no better place to start than with the program Creative Writing Stage 1 at the Australian Writers' Centre. That's what Sarah Bailey did before going on to publish her debut novel, The Dark Lake, and more crime thrillers after that.
2: My name's Sarah Bailey. Um, I've got a debut novel th- through Alan and Unwin out at the moment. It's called The Dark Lake. so a crime thriller. I was working in advertising at the time, and I was working at a great company and had a really sort of good career but I just had this burning desire to write all the time. I'd heard really good things about the Australian Writer Centre's course. Um, the reviews were always really positive and people always sort of providing really good feedback on social media. So um, I just thought that was a really good place for me to start. I found Nicole Hayes, the tutor that I had in the course that I did through the Australian Writer Centre, really inspiring, um, really down-to-earth um, teaching style, but just a really great way of um, pulling together some of the writing skills that she's picked up over the years. She had such a passion for narrative and structure, um, and being a published author, she had some, some really practical um, advice and knowledge to share as well. The process for me was just setting my own deadlines, which was something that was covered off in the Australian Writer Centre's course as well. Went, this is how many words I'd like to have by these different points along the year, and then I um, just worked towards getting the words down, and then I sort of um, approached agents, and then the agents helped me approach publishers. In the end, when Alan and Unwin decided to publish the novel and um, that was all confirmed, it was, it was amazing. It was just such an amazing um, experience to go through and I felt really fortunate, um, but also really proud because it had obviously been you know, a really hard, um, hard sort of journey to get there. Through the course at the Australian Writers' Centre, I discovered that writing was something that was really, really important to me and then of course, you know, through meeting the people and the tutor that I had, I also picked up a lot of really invaluable skills as well. I think it really just set me off on the right path um, and then since then, obviously, so much has happened in my world in terms of writing that I really do see it as the first step um, that, I, that I took along that path. It's amazing. I've, I feel very, very fortunate to be in the position where that's, that's my current life. So I think that was, a, that was hugely important um, in terms of getting, getting started. Definitely anyone who's interested in writing and sort of taking a, a more serious step toward that as a career or even just a, a more specific hobby, I think the Australian Writer Centre's courses are really worthwhile. I think it's, just, it's always nice to be um, in an environment where people are passionate about what you're passionate about um, and I think that the um, the skills and the information that you get from, from courses like that just, just help you sort of really focus. For me, the creative writing course was was a great starting point. I think it just made me um, rediscover my love for writing at a basic level all over again. Um, so I think that I've definitely spoken to other friends and have suggested that they give it a shot. If you'd like to find out more, go to writerscentre.com.au
0: slash creativewriting. Thanks for listening to Story Sessions of So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find more details about the podcast and a wealth of writing resources and courses at writerscentre.com.au. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre. Do connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at WriterCentreau. And, of course, connect with us personally in our free podcast listener community on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community and request to join. Alice and I will be back to our regular programming in the next episode. Thanks for listening and I look forward to chatting to you again next time.